Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master. And this is episode 14. I will be doing the recap as Clifton Hawk, Private Eye. And so, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. In 1871, a group of academics from Miskatonic University started an investigation into the rise of psychic activity following the Civil War. What they found was that most paranormal events were faked by charlatans, hoping to exploit gullible people. This group of friends became known as the Arcane Society. Their outward mission then, as it is now, is to investigate and catalog these phonies, though not necessarily to expose them. The continued existence of such phonies creates a smokescreen, which the Arcane Society effectively uses to keep the true paranormal a guarded secret. Over the course of the last six decades, the inner circle of the Arcane Society have come into contact with real paranormal activity, mostly of a sinister nature, which involves entities of varying powers outside the human race. In the past, some have called these things gods, angels, demons, even the Fae, and many of them threaten to overwhelm mankind and to destroy us. Much of the truth of things has been hidden from the common man, which is necessary to maintain some semblance of civilization. There have been those few visionaries who were foolish enough to write down what they learned. I have one of those texts up in my hotel room now, and I understand the strong temptation to read through it, but it would seem that Providence has found a way to avoid that insanity. The inner workings of the Arcane Society are not well known even to its members. I was unaware that the New York branch existed until now. And as my training taught me, I'm skeptical. This case has grown large and ponderous in my mind. It started with a murder in a penthouse, which led to a missing persons case. It tunneled its way through government conspiracies and is still not fully surfaced. Now, we have a deadbeat husband running off with a spiritualist who keeps a copy of Una Sprechlich and Coulton in her possession. Things are moving behind the things, vast, formless things that move the scenery to and fro. Last night we were attacked by crows and had to change our rooms. William keeps speaking for the dead and I keep looking into the eyes of doom. Where will it end? Who can say? Turns out that the head librarian at Lowe's Memorial Library, Columbia University, is very familiar with our spiritualist. Mr. Guy Jules is also a member of the New York Arcane Society and has invited us to join him at their headquarters around 7 p.m. If I decide to trust them, I'll probably give them the book, but I have to admit, the temptation to read it is almost overwhelming. It could shed light on my dreams. Awesome. All right. So we're going to jump forward. I think we all agreed on that at the end of the last session. We're going to jump forward to 
around 710, guys are pulling up to uh, the Arcane Society in Harlem. Um, basically, it's just a, a very small building um, wedged between uh, shops, mainly shops in this area. Um, imagining, Fowler, are you driving? Yep. So Fowler's driving, he pulls up, and just parks right in front, um, cars lie in the streets. Um, it's quiet tonight. Uh, not too many people on the on the sidewalks this late. So what do you guys do? You're outside. Big, so that there are uh, stone steps that lead up to very large double doors, oak doors. I, uh, I step out and I look up, look around, look at the, the building itself. It's very modest, um, but it's well kept. Uh, by the, the, uh, the double doors is a placard. It says uh, uh, New York City Arcane Society. Um, it even has a number. It says number two. So I say, well, gentlemen, let's see if we can find some stuff out. And as I step forward, I say, um, don't step on the third step. And I step over the third step and keep going up. All right. So Hawk is approaching the doors. Everyone else is in the car. No, I, I get out. And I, oh, I thought they were all coming. Yeah. Yeah, I get out. Okay. I follow. I mean, I'm a oh. member of the, the society. I, was, I, was, I mean, I'm not a member. Am, am I allowed to go in there? He invited us all. Oh, okay. Well, Williams, Williams Giddy's a schoolgirl, and he's chattering away to Tommy because this is the first time he's been there. Tommy, have you been to one of these before? Just calm down. It's going to be nothing but old musty books in there. It's not going to be nothing to see or do, so... All right. Before I go in the door, I'm going to look over my shoulder to see if there's anybody following us. Um, Suspicious blonde characters, maybe. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Oh, 93. There are people on the sidewalk. It's not like busy, busy, but it's, you know, there are people kind of going up and down. Um, was it a hard? Oh no, ninety-three is almost failed. Yeah. Okay. Probably tripped over the door still. Yeah. You don't yeah, you see nothing. Okay. I'm debating. I'm like, oh, what does he see? You see nothing. <laughs> you see people. Um, All right. Do we know I think it's April tenth. Is that important or it's um, it's April tenth. Yeah, it's April 10th. Okay. Uh, April 10th, 710. 710. Yeah. Um, 31. So, Hawk, you're not open the doors? Uh, before I open the doors, I go up and I say, I, I turn back and look at them and I say, before you step through the door, do this. Go like this. And then I, I, I open the door and I step through. All right. So, you push the doors very, um, very heavy, uh, and, and, and as you push it in, you see that there's light. Uh, 
this is the, the, the foyer is very welcoming. Chandeliers hang from the ceiling. Um, very nice oak floor, uh, brand new rug. Uh, as you step in, there are several wings, um, and then there's step that there are steps that lead to another wing, and then uh, hallways that kind of frame it. Um, so the the southern wing, uh, which if you turn and you look, you see that there's a placard above it. It says uh, Morrison Wing, um, and it just houses a couple of uh, comfortable lounge chairs. Uh, there's mirrors on the ceiling. Uh, the northern wing to your right, uh, if you look, uh, it says the, the coat swing. Um, and it's very open. There are chairs rowed up. Uh, there's a projector brought down um, for Hawk and for Thompson. This is clearly where they do the ghost shows. Yeah. Um, so you're standing in the foyer. Uh, last one in, closes the door behind them. It's, we're going to say it's, uh, for, for Thompson and for Hawk, um, usually there, you know, there would be maybe some members here kind of milling around. There's no one here. It's completely empty. Um, what you all hear, I'm not going to have you guys do listen rolls, is you can hear a heated conversation um, in the uh, in the main lounge that's directly in front of you. So like I said, there are stepways that lead to another room. So you got your wings over to your sides. Directly ahead of you is uh, hallways and then an, another room. And you can hear behind that door, there's some kind of heated conversation going on with them. I'm just going to step a little closer to the door. I'm not going to go through it, but I'm going to see if I can hear what's going on. Sure. So you go ahead and you, you know, step up the steps and you're kind of just, you're just kind of standing there, just like kind of in the hallway, just no, milling around. Um, maybe they didn't hear you. Um, you can hear there's three people arguing. Behind the door, it's a little bit muffled, um, but it's clearly guy, a man, and then a woman. Um, and you can hear them saying, um, you can hear guys saying, it's just a ploy. It's just a ploy. You don't need to put too much faith into what they say. Uh, the man then says, this is the important thing that we have to deal with right now. And you, you've invited five or six nut jobs. And God then says, two of them are members of the Arkham wing. They're, we can trust them. Um, the, the woman then chimes up and then says, but what are we going to do about the letter that they just sent us? That's what's important, guy. Not, not this wild goose chase. The well-being of the, of the society is what's important. All this is happening. Behind, you get, it, it, they're not keeping it down, especially the other man. The other man seems very flustered and angry. He's, he's shouting. Um, <clears throat> is there anything in this room that would be used to announce that somebody's arrived? Um, all, uh, no, I mean, you could knock on the door. <laughs> well, I'll just, I don't want to interrupt them. 
Yeah. Um, so they just keep they just keep arguing. Perhaps um, if we walk around the room and do a little exploring into what's here, our our footsteps on the ground will make squeaking yeah. noises, and they'll yeah. Go. Is there is there a uh, I guess a library uh, close by <clears throat> in the uh, front so, room? So um, as you're looking around, you can see that there are some books in the, 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 the Morrison wing. Um, but they're all the basic generic. OK, well, nothing. Nothing. Um, but since you're looking, um, you kind of take the steps up into that hallway I mentioned where Hawk is standing. And you can see that, because it frames this, this main room. It's kind of like in the center of a hallway that kind of wraps around it. And you can see as you peer around the corner, there is another room at the ends of these hallways. Um, very large double doors, um, very imposing, and they're like down a very long hallway, very dimly lit. Okay, is it, just, is it uh, assumed that since uh, Hawk and I are members that we have free range in this uh, chapter's building? Um, I would assume so. It would be like the Masons, right? Yeah, I mean, you could make the assumption. Yeah, they, they can assume that we're not going to steal stuff. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Well, but they don't uh, know whether we're really members or not. But Well, they invited us. Right. I suppose just common politeness. But they, if, there's no, if there's no locked door, then... Yeah, if it's locked, then I, I, we won't break in, but... It's like, come um, right in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am curious about this door down here, so I'll I'll start making my way down there. Sure. Um, so Henry, you, you go all the way down to this door. Um, the hallways wrap around and they meet to a center door. Uh, you can see that the knobs um, are very large, and there is a series of locks. Whatever is behind this door is rather important. Okay. Um, I don't know if there would be an associate. We could say uh, we could say an intelligence role since we, there's no like organization role. Um, yeah. Mm, let's see. Uh, I got that. Uh, Fifty-five out of eighty. Oh, seventy. Sorry. So, in the uh, I'm assuming. In Tom's sake, that in the other, in the other, in the Arkham uh, Arcane Society, there is a wing, there is a room where all of the dangerous things are kept and stored. We've never or, defined where dangerous things would be kept, but right, but they well, wouldn't be out. The thirties. This is the thirties. They might have their own facility. If you recall from the other stories. They used the li the Corbin Library kind of as their base. Yeah. They held their private meetings in people's houses. And right. this presidents or the sure. I, and I, and I, yeah, I would imagine um, what's his name um, Armitage would hold like most of the valuable uh, and dangerous artifacts that well, we definitely like. yeah. Yes. And that would probably be somewhere in a vault somewhere in Miskatonic. So. Yeah. Yes. Maybe what I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. If you were to assume that, and you were to assume that in here in New York, instead of having it all kind of spread out, they've localized it. They have a chapter like Masons. Uh, 
Behind that door is the vault. Right. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. They probably That's... have one in the in the Massachusetts one too. They just yeah. don't let anybody know where it is. Yeah. So you can Which assume is... that that's an off-limits area to just wanderers. Okay. Um, so to everyone that's out in the front, um, with, with Thompson's kind of walking around and Hawk's kind of walking around, uh, you hear Guy then say, hold, hold on, I, I think I heard, heard something. And he opens the door and he just goes, oh, um, I'm sorry, we didn't hear the front door. Um, I'm sorry, perhaps we should have made more noise. No, 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 no. Um, we were just, and he pushes the door open and you can see um, there's a, 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 a young Asian woman and then an old kind of, not old, he looks old. He's clearly middle-aged, but he's got shallow cheeks um, and he's kind of, kind of hunched over, wears a suit. Um, and they're standing there in the middle of you could say the main lounge is like an administration room. This is clearly where they do like their donations and organizing. Um, but they stand in the middle of it. Uh, and he says, well, we were just having a, a conversation. Um, come in, come in. And he pushes the door open, allowing you guys entrance. All right, I'll enter. All right. Mr. Hawk was muted. I saw right. a grand hand gesture. Henry, this way. Because <laughs> you'd walk down the hallway. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have heard heard them down up the hallway. Right. So I would. Yeah. Have, I would have made my way back. Um. All right. So you guys all enter into uh, the main room. We shake hands. Yeah. Uh, a guy. He kind of brings you guys all over to uh, the two, and he says, uh, uh, "Gentlemen, this here is uh, is Emma Kim." And this here is uh, Walter Kaus. Um, they are, we're, we're senior members of, uh, of this chapter. Uh, Walter, what was Walter's last name? Uh, Kaus, K-A-U-S-S. -S. Okay. Um, we were just having a, uh, a discussion. Uh, and Walter, he just kind of rolls his eyes. Uh, he says, do you need chairs? I can go pull chairs from the offices and, uh, or we can maybe step into an office. You can see that he's very scatterbrained right now. Um, I, I, I imagine that you wonder, uh, you know, uh, what we're doing here or if we have any sort of credentials we can present. Um, from the time we walked in the door, we could probably recount to you your entire conversation in this room. Uh, we didn't hear it all, but we heard most of it. And uh, that's, uh, that's probably mostly due to the level of your voices, but also because we eavesdrop on everything around us. We are investigators. Uh, and Jules, he, he goes in, and that's and that's why um, that's why I'd like to hire you. Well, <clears throat> you're, you're clearly investigators. That's you know, that's why you came to me in the, the library. And I've caught them up on uh, and all of that. Um, 
and and you can see that like Emma is kind of just like looking off like towards the ground over here. Um, Collis has kind of crossed his arms. He just looks angry. He looks pissed. Well, uh, let's let let's say this, game master. Let's say that we ex we explain ourselves. We get ourselves comfortable, and we give them you know a recounting, maybe a half an hour long of what's gone on, who we are, how we're involved with the Arcane Society, and, you know. Sure. Um, and with all of that, they 100% believe your credentials. They, uh, especially God, <clears throat> he was willing to believe you without all this. Right. Um, but even with that, um, Koss and Emma don't particularly seem that interested. And when you're done kind of recounting, like, oh, this is kind of what's happened. This is where what's led us here. Um, Costa says, Guy, just can you please? And, uh, and Guy nods, and he steps forward. And he says, I believe that a secret organization has existed in New York City, possibly the rest of New England for about more than half a century. Uh, I, uh, I began to think this when um, members such as yourselves, uh, Mr. Thompson and Mr. Hawk, um, they'd go on missions, investigations, uh, and they'd sometimes see people meandering in the background, but they'd almost always be the same people. One person would say they saw uh, this man standing at a, at a store corner, and then a month later, another person says that they saw the same man at a diner. Uh, I believe that, they're, that these people are uh, agents of this organization, but they're somehow shadowing us. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you have a description of this individual? Oh, well, he's nondescript, but there's many of them. Um, one time there was a, a, a shorter woman. Um, one time there was a, a, a black man who would bump into uh, our, 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 some of our investigators. Um, but the sightings have gone down. Uh, but through my own investigating, the existence of this organization hasn't. Uh, I've been doing some digging and, and some speaking with uh, antiquitans um, that we've been dealing with uh, over the years, many that I trust. Um, and some of them have told me that there is a group that vets anybody that deals with them. And these, uh, and these antiquitans, uh, I can't pronounce that word for the life of me, I'm sorry. Um, the, the ones that do work with them are usually not on the up and up. They'll hire, I, I, I've heard you know, stories of them hiring bounty hunters, tomb raiders, just unsavory folk to gather things. Mm. Um, and they'll pay e extreme amounts to get it. Well, we can say that we've been in town for only six days now. 
And even before that, maybe for a day or two before that, we'd started having similar things. Somebody is watching us. But over the course of the last year, we've attracted the attention of something, someone. Um, has the, uh, have you been informed of uh, the activities that took place over the last year with the uh, Arcane? Well, they weren't directly with the Arcane Society, but they were with us. They, file. I I do have some files, but and I can I can give those to you. But a lot of these dealings are, uh, and then Cost kind of chimes in and he says they're coincidences. And uh, and 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 Juleson holds up his hands. I was thinking, I was beginning to think so too. But then you told me about Tally. Uh, now, uh, uh, Tally and Timothy were obviously having an affair, um, and you're looking for Timothy. He's your focus. Um, but from what you told me, men following uh, Timothy, and you've been seeing people, I think that these men are also agents of the cult. Whether it be a cult or an organization, I don't know. But I think they took him to get to her. Why? Um, because Tally is not only an incredibly smart young woman and a polyglot, she's also, uh, and then Koss kind of clears his throat, and Jules turns back to him and says, she's special. She's a gifted medium. Yes. Um, Tally's... Uh, the best thing that we can say is that she's an empath. Uh, she has the ability to uh, psychically feel other people's, uh, other people and location and objects' emotions. Anything that, um, anything extreme that they felt, she can touch and feel. Uh, and it's because of this ability that she's also a sort of conduit for spiritual energy. She, she's able uh... I, I, I explained to him what we encountered in her flat. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that they haven't gone there to investigate because the, the place is like running with ghosts. Well, oh, no. I know it sounds ridiculous, but... Oh, I, I, I know. And uh, he says... Me and Tally have been close for some time. I, I know that it's running with ghosts. Um, she does readings um, for people. Uh, she's incredibly talented. I've been employing her for the better part of a few years. Um, she's done a lot of our translations here within the Arcane Society. Uh, if there's something that we need to, to know uh, from, a, from a certain tome or, or artifact, she knows it. We just simply hand it to her and she provides us with a translation and hands back the, uh, the book. So would you say that she is a member of the Arcane Society then? Uh, he then kind of, kind of tilts his head and says, not exactly. She feels, um, and, and he doesn't finish that 
line. He says, she has certain feelings about our organization. Uh, she doesn't necessarily agree with us. If I may ask, what's the most dangerous tome that you've allowed her to translate? Well, there's been many. Um, and, he, uh, and he looks at uh, Koss, and Koss just kind of looks back at him, unamused. Uh, guy kind of smiles, and he says, uh, which, what you mean to say is, uh, well, let's, let's clarify, most dangerous or most notorious? Most dangerous. Uh, I don't necessarily think I can uh, oh, share come that. On. Well, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm, I'm well familiar with Armitage and his collection. I've, of course, not read the tomes, but I know their titles. We, uh, we recently got um, some texts, um, scrolls uh, from Bhutan. They were very old. Um, the text was almost illegible, uh, but we could make up pieces. Um, through Tally's translations, we were able to uh, discover that these were texts written by uh, a sorcerer of some kind, um, but they allowed uh, for communion and possession by a being called Abwe Gunshal. And this being... Um, Did you have a reason to believe that these were effective? <laughs> and he uh, and he chuckles and says, "We have our uh, our reasons uh, to verify, but that's why we keep them locked up. And we trust Ch Tally." Or and then uh, Carlson says, "You trust Tally? I've never met her. Neither has uh, Emma here." Really? Uh, and then Emma kind of shakes her head and says, "No, she's been." Uh, We've never met, but we have corresponded through letters. Sorry, I spilled a little water. <laughs> William, William steps forward, unusually confident. Tommy would maybe think, and kind of takes a deep breath, and says uh, something along the line of, to the other two, not Guy, um, I'm a little surprised at your cynicism considering all that you've already experienced? Well, it's, Emma, Emma kind of says, it's not that we're not cynical about um, what you're describing. It's that, uh, Carson says, there's no evidence of a cult or an organization or anything like that. Guy is simply looking for something that isn't there when we have much more important things to do. Isn't that may right, ask, Guy? May I ask what some of those things might be? Uh, 
Guy then um, kind of leans back and he lets Kaus kind of take control. And he says, we've recently been uh, getting letters from uh, a group called the Atlantic Sea Partners. They'd like to buy the property. They've already bought out the bakery to our, uh, to our right and the shop to our left. They need this whole block essentially to complete their building plans for some kind of headquarters. And initially they sent us uh, an offer for about 14 grand to buy out the property. Wow. Wow. And, and he then turns to Guy and says, Guy, turn that down. <laughs> and now he then uh, pulls out a letter and he says, we've got a letter from a law house. And he opens it up, Baxter Law. Uh, it's... Uh, Thomas, you broke up. Oh, did I? Baxter Law, you said, and then you broke up. Baxter Law saying that uh, we, have a, we have a letter saying from, from Baxter Law that the offer's still on the table, and then what do we have here? And he pulls out a letter. This one has the city seal on it. And he says, a city, a city planning commission letter saying that we're out of code and that if we don't get the, the building up to code, because the line shifted, this whole place needs to be demolished. <clears throat> William says, Tally was being followed by somebody who is recognized as being involved in a big corporation in the city, who are involved in rezoning parts of the city. Uh, and... and and, and Constantine says, see, that's not that important. We've never met Tally. Tally is a useful person. She's helpful. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that in a week, all this will be gone. And Emma then says, uh, and, and Guy, you need to understand that if we lose this property, we won't have anywhere to put anything in the back room in the Smythe way. So you don't have a contingency plan in case you have to move your collection. And Carlson says, we have no money. It is 1931. Most of the members had to leave. They couldn't keep <clears throat> giving donations. It's basically just the three of us maintaining all of this. And when we had a big corporate conglomerate saying that they were going to pay us 14 grand, we could have found a smaller, uh, a smaller space, and we could put the objects there, but no. Instead, we are just sitting ducks, waiting for us to be evicted out of this property. And, and, and Kaus just like kind of falls back into his seat. He's, he's pissed. I'll turn, I'll turn to Guy and say, well, why did you decline it? You must have had a good reason. And he, uh, and he says, because this is where we need to be. And I'm not going to be bought out. They, they had an enticing offer, sure, but, you know, 
eventually the depression is going to end. People are going to come back. And, uh, and Costa says, he's just, too, he's just too chicken shit to admit that he'd rather spend all of his time focusing on some fake, fictitious cult that doesn't exist than dealing with the problems in front of us, which is we're going to lose this property now because Guy turned down a deal with this Atlantic Sea Company group. Well, you said that the deal was still on the table for them. Um, I can't tell you what to do. You have friends in other arcane societies. Um, it would be a bit of a chore, but you could move your your whatever artifacts you might have to other locations and then relocate. You might just have to. Uh, Kalsen kind of scoffs and says, not if he hires you. I don't know what you want to hire us for. Guy then leans forward and says, I think that Tally was taken by this cult. I think that Timothy and Tally both were taken. And you're clearly looking for Timothy, which has led you to Tally. And if my fears are correct, then they're together. I'd like to hire you all to find Tally and Timothy both. But we're already doing that. And he, and he shrugs and he says, I want to make it official that you're looking for Tally as well. Well, she certainly is an important part of this story. And I, I have no problem with that. Uh, we can worry about that sort of thing later on. And by that sort of thing, you mean you're, you're talking about uh, money and financial like compensation for... Right. Um, I was also thinking that we should maybe look into this this uh, law law company or this uh, law firm that's sent you this letter. Um, yeah, first of all, to see if it's an actual like a legitimate company, and then to what their uh, interests are, because it might actually lead us to the people who are who are following Tali, the people who are. <clears throat> these outsiders that you've been spotting around the, the city. Well, I, and Guy then chimes in and says, I don't think that the, uh, I don't think that the law firm or anything like that has anything connected to Tally. Um, well, it may be that they're just trying to buy the property so that they can. Right. They might actually be hired by these individuals who have been following Tally. What I'm, what I'm saying here, it might lead us to, uh, to some more information. I uh, I have a question outside of that, but back to a previous question. Um, since you were willing to allow Miss uh, Miss Tally to uh, I forget what her last name Darby Miss Darby to translate some of your more valuable texts, uh, is she by chance in possession of any of those texts right now? You're, you're yeah, Kalsen leans forward and he says, uh, I believe that she was in possession of um, unspeakable cults, or she was sparking the Colton. Um, 
died. She's been gone for what, uh, two weeks? And, uh, and Kaus then nods and Guy says, we just assume that she was translating. So when, when did you find out she was missing? When you showed up and told us. I see. Um, she's been missing for almost two weeks. And, and, uh, and Kaus then says, and it's probably because of what you said. She left with this man. Yes. Why don't you go focus on finding this man and you'll find her. They're going to be together. They're probably run off to Vermont or something like that. I'm, I'm more concerned with your, um, with your lack of protecting, uh, certain texts that you're allowing to be left lying around. He then, uh, Guy then says, it's, the book is obviously not what they were after. Where is but the book now? I'm assuming that it would be still at her house or within your possession. You know, her front door was wide open. Guy then is kind of taken aback by this. And, uh, and Kaus then leans back and then goes, what a fucking prick you are. He then looks at the rest of the group and says, anybody else? I, I look at Kraus and I say, I suggest if you, are, if you are, I don't know what position you hold here, I assume probably president, um, you need to get a team to go out to that house because there are some serious psychic uh, uh, anomalies that are going on there. He then uh, holds out his arms and says, you're looking at it. You're it. The three of you. He then says, we have no money because we have no people here. Are you stupid? And we guy used, to, then, guy we then, used to have 10 grand. <laughs> we had 10 grand. <laughs> we can give you what we have left. Guy then kind of leans forward and says, uh, let's, let's not, let's not All right. get too heated. Then I think that... Um, you don't need, you don't need our help to find Tally and Timothy. We're going to do that anyway. What you need is to focus on transferring whatever artifacts you might have to a safe location. And uh, that house bothers me immensely because there is some serious shit going on there. And uh, you don't have the means to investigate. You don't have, you don't have an inner circle. Guy then says, uh, as I said before, I have me and a team have already investigated it. I think you need to go back because what we saw there was substantial. No, I, 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 I believe you. You say it's substantial. Um, I, so I witnessed it all firsthand. Are you, are you aware that there was a, a, protect, a protection circle on the front porch that was damaged, destroyed by something? He then says... I assume not her running out of the house. And then he evidence. says... Anyways, I, I tell her the evidence. There was evidence that they were ambushed or... Uh, uh, Kalsen kind of scoffs and says, 
I don't think that you understand. We've never been to her house, and Guy, I don't think, went to the house. We would not know. And Guy just kind of holds up his hand and says, Cows, stop it. Okay, wait, I'm confused. I thought they were just saying they were at the house. Guy then uh, kind of leans forward, uh, pinching his, his brow and says, No, Mr. Hawk, we have been to the house before, not recently. I see. You were giving her tomes that had secret knowledge, possibly containing spells and incantations, and she opened up something and let something through, I think. That's my opinion. Um, I can make a few phone calls and get some members of the uh, Massachusetts Arcane Society here in about uh, six hours. He then scoffs and says, he's not even answering the question. And he leans forward and says, are you going to help us investigate this or not? Because honestly, we've got better things to do, such as finding out how we're going to keep this location, because I sure as hell don't want people that you've called coming here and taking the artifacts that I've cataloged. I don't necessarily trust you. I don't necessarily like you. I don't know anybody from uh, the Massachusetts place other than senior authorities. No, we're keeping this place. If Guy has to sell every goddamn piece of thing, uh, piece of uh, equipment he has, his house, his car, I don't give a sh shit about any of that. I'm, and, I'm not sure you realize that uh, New York is going through a period right now where they're rezoning stuff. They, they, if somebody wants your house, they're going to take it. Kalsen stands up and holds up his hands and says, I, I'm, I'm leaving. Jules, if you're going to hire them to look into this cult or find tally or whatever it is that you want, go right ahead. I'm not dealing with it. And he walks out and, uh, and Emma kind of just looks at you all. She's been very quiet this whole time. The, the conversation has mainly been dominated by Jules and, uh, and Kaus. Um, but Jules then, uh, then says, uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. Um, but yes, my intention was to hire you to help us investigate this, uh, this cult, which I do believe has both Tim Timothy and Tally. Well, I think that we are going to investigate it anyway. I don't, I, I can't speak for I think, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to step in and I'm going to say, I think Mr. Hawk has already agreed to help somebody else, but, but I don't think, I don't see any reason why we can't kill two birds with one, one stone. So I will, I will say that on my behalf and uh, I'll take out a piece of paper. I said, of a small contract, you can hire me. Anything I find out about Tally, I will definitely pass on to you. This has my daily hours, a, a well, daily he, stipend. Uh, it's all we need. Yeah, he then says, oh, well, I was, um, we don't really need all that. I just, I was going to pay you once the, the job was done. I just wanted to officially bring you on. Um, I also, I do have uh, information um, that I'd be willing to share since, like I said, you're investigating it and your investigation led to me anyways. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, if we can work together on this, then I can see 
everybody would be benefiting from this. Absolutely. Kaus just just does not want to deal with any of this. Um, He thinks that he thinks that the artifacts and the remaining here is the most important thing, but I won't be bought out. And if we need to have the artifacts moved, like you said, Mr. Hawk, that's what we do. That's just, that's what we need to do. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to. That all sounds like, uh, you know, you guys need to work that out. That's all personal politics and uh, what, what your branch, the Arcane Society has to figure out. Oh yes. No, I completely, I completely agree. Um, why don't we go into my office and uh, we'll talk about what I've found. Uh, Mr. Hawk mentioned uh, if I had a, a file, which I do, uh, maybe I can pass on some information. I can give you a lead. Um, Emma, do you mind? Um, we're just not, we're not going to be too long. And she kind of nods. This is, um, of course, uh, good night, everybody. Uh, I'll just pack up my things. And she kind of walks into another office a guy, he kind of just sighs and says, well, you've met them. Uh, they've, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry about them getting heated. Uh, Emma, not so much. She's very quiet. She's a very timid person. But Kaus, like I said, just does not want to deal with this at all. Well, why don't you go do that? And uh, I'll, uh, I'll sit here for a while. And, uh, um, guys take care of any kind of legal stuff that you want to go over oh no we don't need to deal with that just so long as you know we all agree that we're working together um that's totally fine with me um come come into my office uh i'll share with you uh, what i can right um so we sit you guys down um and he says that uh now from what i know uh, one of these um, underground dealers, so we'll call them, that's been working with this um, organization has contacted and reached out to one of our uh, our associates, um, one of our uh, antiquitants. Um, he's, a, he's a Polish fellow uh, in Jersey City. His name is uh, Alphonse Wesba. Wes, I can't pronounce it. Alphonse Wesba. You wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it. I don't speak it. Could it, could it be ha- perhaps be Wiesbach? Yeah, I can't uh, pronounce it. Uh, how's it spelled? W-I-E-R-Z-B-A. Wesba. Wiesbach. Okay. Yeah, see, I would never have, have done that. Um... I think that you should perhaps go speak with uh, with him um, in Jersey City. He he told me about this um, kind of in passing, but I thought that it was something that I should look into. But now uh, I've got that all to deal with, Kaus and Emma and the Arcane Society. So now that you're here, maybe you can deal with it. Okay. And what are we talking to him about? What, what's his involvement? He is an antiquitan that has 
been reached out to by one of the underground dealers that works oh. with the uh, the unseen cult or organization, whatever you want to call it. Did they offer to sell him something? I don't really know much. Um, I believe Kals talked to him and uh, I got my information that way. Uh, it was just kind of in passing. So we uh, get his address, yeah? Yeah, and he writes it down. Uh, and you can see that he's got a big file. Um, it, it, he passes it to you, Hawk, but a lot of it's circumstantial. A lot of it's just like, we saw this guy at one location and another location in a separate state. And it's like, well, maybe it wasn't the same guy. Maybe it was just a guy that looked a lot like him. Right, except there's some reason they're reporting, so they're seeing something. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and it's not... It's also not the, the, the people that write down the reports. They're not saying like, oh, it's like a mysterious figure. They're like, no, it's a guy like in a suit and he's got a hat and he's got a newspaper and he's walking down the street with everybody. Like it's not nothing supernatural. It's just it's like we saw this guy here. And then two months later, we saw the same guy on another investigation here. Lots Is of it? circumstantial stuff. Okay. Is Tommy aware of this too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... If 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 the file is in front of you guys, then you could probably all see it. So that that uh, raises a question, and I'll say say to William, William, this this kind of sounds like what we we were dealing with earlier. Yeah, exactly. The chairman with the coat, the overcoat. Yeah. Um, yes, Alphonse. Um, if he's been reached out to somebody who's uh, who's dealt with this group, it's probably important that you speak with them. Um, but like I said, I, I don't know much. Kaus is the one that dealt with them, mainly. He's, um, he's the one that deals with all of our uh, antiques, so I'll call them. Artifacts, books, tomes. He collects them, he catalogs them. He had a team when we had, you know, the money to employ one. But now we don't, now he does it all himself. So Alphonse is really his contact. Right. And do you, is there anything more concrete in relation to Tally with this? Or are you just saying this is possible lead and that's all? Well, you, uh, you mentioned in your recap to me um, that Mr. Tucker reported, you know, or uh, reported seeing people and other people in the neighborhood reported seeing people. Um, I believe it was Mr. Uh, William who said that someone was looking for Tally. Um, I think that these people are members of that cult. And for some reason, they're looking for Tally. I don't know why, but I think that they got to Timothy to get to her. They got him, uh, they, they, maybe they pulled information out of him uh, because it's difficult to find Tally unless you know exactly where to go. She deliberately tries to keep a low profile, as small a footprint as possible. Because as you pointed out, Mr. Hawk, she's dealing with um, powerful things. So the fewer people who know about her and what she does, the better. 
So I believe that uh, that they somehow learned of Timothy, they got a hold of him, and they got hurt. And I believe they're holding both. And I think that they're still alive, too. Well, I'm not sure where to begin, but we begin with Jersey City. Um, this is all part of our investigation already, so we'll, we'll keep you in the loop. Of course. Uh, and he stands up and uh, he holds out his hand. Um, it's just good to know that someone other than me, you know, believes that this could be happening. Um, it's a little bit of validation on my end. And he kind of chuckles. I think what you should do, leave that part to us. See what you can do to convince uh, Kaus and, uh, and Kim to move the uh, artifacts to a safe location. Um, you might even consider putting them in a place that doesn't even seem safe, but that nobody knows about. Uh, just minimal guard. Just keep it. And I, I completely like a storage agree. unit somewhere. I'm, I've been thinking about reaching out to the other, the Arkham Arcana Society anyways, just because, you know, they have Miskatonic. Um, perhaps we could send it there. We've got tons of artifacts and tomes. They're only about five or six hours away. Exactly. Uh, it's just difficult to deal with, uh, with cows. Um, Do you think but, the cows might be compromised? And he uh, immediately kind of like lightens up and chuckles and says, no, me and Kaus have been dealing with this since basically day one. Um, we've been together through thick and thin. These artifacts are the most important things in the world to him. He wouldn't be compromised. I, I, I don't even know. Uh, I believe that the, this, this, organization uh that they've followed our people but i don't think they've infiltrated uh, there's only three of us and what's there to infiltrate all right um it's been an interesting evening does anybody else have questions or want to say something or william i think wants to ask how if you don't mind me asking how easily would Emma be swayed to really be on your side? Because obviously there's a lot of negativity coming from the elsewhere. Yes. Uh, I don't really know. Um, Emma is a very reasonable person, not as emotional as, uh, as Kaus. Um, she's really just, uh, she's taken on the role of an administrator. Um, of course, someone needs to manage the accounts and file away the records and sign all the documents. Um, she believes that um, she believes that maintaining the arcane society is the most important thing, and I agree with her. But I also think that figuring out what's happened to the well-being of another person is important too. You tell me that Tally was taken, 
you believe that Timothy was taken, that's two people's well-beings that are linked to this organization I've been looking into, and no one believes me. So... Well, that's what we're here for. And he kind of smiles. And you said that you're the uh, sensitive one, correct? Mm. Williams. Myself and Mr. Hawk, yes. Um, And he smiles and says, uh, yeah, Emma, uh, not Emma, uh, Tally would definitely like you. Uh, We don't really interact with a ton of... uh, you know, psychics, and when we do, it's usually to debunk them. Um, so, it's interesting having two people who claim that they have uh, inklings of the beyond. I, I smile and I sort of put my hands on William's shoulder and I say, "William doesn't know that he's." <laughs> I mean, we've told him, but when the episode hits him, he's not there. He's somewhere else. What was the defining incident for uh, for well, the most dramatic incident was when we stepped into that room in Tally's house. Yes. Um, I stepped into that um, room about four or five years ago. Um, there's definitely an oppressive feeling when you enter. Um, mm. Dull people um, they don't really feel much, but uh, Tally says that when she enters, it's like uh, on a bad day, it's like Grand Central Station uh, is packed. She's got to weave her way. It's like it's like going through water. Is what she says. It's like trying to walk through water. William, William. sorry, William just looks at Clifton and eyeballs him, kind of nods his head. <laughs> I say, I say, William spoke to us in the voice of comrades long dead. Uh, that William never knew. Fascinating. And he just kind of smiles at, uh, at you, William. While, while, while Clifton's saying that, William's taking a, a deep breath in and closes his eyes, and he's wanting to kind of give um, a Guy some reassurance. Breathes in and out, and he's looking to tap into this to somehow give him a little morsel to let him know he's doing the right thing. Sure. Um, go ahead and roll a power check. And if you pass, we'll use one magic point. Oh, that was a disaster. All right, nothing happens. You, you take his hands and you close it, your eyes. It breathes in and out and then goes, shall we go? <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, and, and Guy laughs at that. Um, and he says, uh, you're, you're all probably busy with your own investigation, but I do want you to understand that it means, like I said, uh, quite a lot that you're taking an interest in, in, in us, in our organization. Um, like I said, mainly that you believe me enough to look into Tally. I've been dealing a lot with... Uh, well, thank you for having us, and we will keep in close touch. All right. And he, and he smiles and he nods. Um, yes, uh, talk to Alphonse. Um, maybe he has something for you. 
I'll deal with the Atlantic Sea partners. And he stands up uh, with his gentleman uh, and, and Mr. Hawk, and he holds out his hand and says, we'll have payment for you by the end of this. So, um, gentlemen, shall we go? Um, Tommy walks out a little dejected that they didn't sign his contract. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I worked all night on this. Um, I was prepared. I, I suggest to the others that we go to a little coffee shop and get some coffee and we talk. Sure. Um, I'm of the opinion that I don't fully trust any of them. Um, that Kaus guy was a schmuck, that's for sure. Yeah. I, 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 when, I, when I asked whether I thought that he was compromised, my question is, is if he cares too much about the artifacts to keep them to himself and not to actually keep them safe, that, that distresses me. Uh, what distresses me more is that they're giving this psychic uh, tones, like Unash Brecklick and Coulton, to translate, and they weren't even aware that she was gone. And I think, I think that was probably. Around. I think that's probably trying to read between what's been said. Uh, guy's trust of Tally, though, wasn't it? You know, he seemed to have a lot of trust in her, and they didn't know she disappeared. Yeah, except this is all about good people being corrupted by evil tones and. I, I'd say that it's it's just, wouldn't he check up on her every once in a while? Now, maybe not, but in, the fact is, wouldn't you check up on her every once in a while if you handed her something like Unash Breckley and Colton or Divermis Mysteries or Necronomicon to translate? Yeah. No, I would, so I would I don't, be very... I'm not, don't mention the book. I'm not giving them back the book. I My, would. I, now, now... I, I don't have your depth of, of, of knowledge of, of these things, but yeah, um, from 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 what I, I saw last time, well, you know, with what happened, yes, with, with Trent. Um, from what I saw then, if you if you're exposed to these books, these things, it changes people. Yes, they have that I mean, reputation. You can't, you can't just sit there and, and read through one after another and, and, and not be changed by it. And, and, and you not even understanding the language were disturbed by what you saw. Imagine yeah, if you can actually read the, the text. Yeah, was... um, I'm going to get that to the, uh, the actual Arcane Society in, in Massachusetts as soon as possible. I don't think it should go back. I don't it, it makes me worry as like, like hell about what artifacts do they actually have in that vault. Do you think that I should call the Massachusetts Arcane Society and tell them everything that's up? Tell them yeah, I was, I was actually uh, having that same line of thought. Um, Get some reps out here and take over. Yeah, specifically since uh, it seems like they're going to be losing their, their residence soon. Um, I still do want to check in on, on this law firm. Um, yeah, I think we should continue our investigation. I'll draft up a, a letter tonight and show it to you uh, in the morning, and we can mail it off to uh, 
Professor Hewitt and 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 Arm and Dr. Armitage and and uh, they can just leave the matter up to them. You know, maybe they can come up here and rescue them. Well, the, uh, won't like it or cows won't like it, but you know. Did the the letter sent by the uh, the law firm uh, did it give a, a time frame and when they're going to uh, I guess repossess the house or, or buy it? About a week and a half is they need in about a week and a half uh, they need to uh, renovate the the building to where it meets the standards of the new district line um, and uh, and something I didn't mention before um, yeah it was written and signed by uh, Converse M yeah yeah. Well, if they've only I, got a week, a week and a bit, I think we need to get to Alfonsi's place as soon as possible. <laughs> um, um, can I have yeah. Can I have Tommy do an intro? Okay. It's probably about nine o'clock right now, right? Yeah, about. Regular success. Um, okay. Um... Let me let me ask you a question, and if you still don't get it, I'll send you a message. But uh, does the address for the Arcane Society mean anything to you? The address for the New York? Yes. Um, did you give it to us? Did you just? Yes, he gave it to us. I didn't write it down either. Six zero one West One Forty Seventh Street. That's something to do with the rezoning, I think, Tommy. Um, can you give me a minute and I'll... Sure, I can give scan, you a minute. Scan my <clears throat> notes, or I mean notes. Sure. Uh, so while he's doing that, um, you guys can continue talking. Well, I'm also thinking if maybe if Tommy knows the legal way to extend or block the uh, rezoning you know, for, I don't know, hardship or something like that. At least for a temporarily for a month or two. Well, normally that might work, but I think in this case, it's working the other way around in that Converse is clearly in cahoots with this Atlantic group. So they're the ones that are trying to stonewall and right. push out. So it's Atlantic like, group is probably throwing money at it. Yeah, I don't think there's any way we could somehow instigate some sort of legal turnaround to stop them. They're basically doing, you know, steamrolling. Right. Did you get it, Tommy, or no? Uh, nothing's popping up. Nothing's popping up for you? Okay. Let me send something over to you, bud. Uh. 47th Street, seven blocks away, is the doctor's house. Give me one sec. Uh, yeah, I, I, they might be nice people, but they're not. They're not keeping. They're not taking care of the evil artifacts that they've been charged with taking care of. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting them all to be arguing. <laughs> I'm like, I look over at Henry and I'm like, Henry, maybe we should break in there in the middle of the night and remove their artifacts to a safe location. And 
Well, let, let us let us do things properly. Let us uh, contact the our our branch of yeah. the Arcade Society. As a matter of fact, I was thinking since they have about a, what a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, perhaps instead of sending a letter, we should just phone them. Yeah. So that way they can be on their way, rather than our letter getting to them and then. Yeah, you're probably right. Well. We can do that tonight. We'll we'll be together in uh, one of the rooms. We can call them and tell them what's up. Ask their advice. Maybe they don't want to interfere in what's going on in another arcane society. But I don't know well, what the bylaws say. Well, uh, what is your plan for tomorrow? I guess we're going to Jersey City. I don't know where that is. It's just across the. Uh, it's just. Yeah, across I the know area. where it is. Yeah. Just across the bay? Yeah, it's just across the bay. It's literally right there. It's about a 30, 45 minute drive. Not even that. Probably like a 20 minute drive. So New York City and Jersey City are next yeah. to each other. They're right next to each other. Is Jersey City in New York or is it in New Jersey? It's in New Jersey. It's where the line is. Well, that makes sense then, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. So any other plans for tonight then? Um, other than making the phone call, I don't think so. Okay. Anybody Does anybody else? want to discuss anything? I'm going to ask William if he remembers. I can't. I can't recall if it was a newspaper clipping or a letter that was talking about the rezoning area. Did we find that at the old lady's house? It was a letter. Yeah, we had stuff. I can't. I had a look myself. I couldn't see it. Um, I think there was some stuff in the newspaper as well, and I do remember that address. But uh, for clarification, then, um, since it was a while ago, when uh, Epstein and Fowler were looking through the drawers of Converse desk, they found um, a letter. Um, and the letter said, I'm leaving if you do this. They're, they're saying that they're going to change the district lines and I'm not going through with it. Someone paid a lot of money and I'm not going to be someone's bitch, essentially. And the, the lines that changed... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the lines that changed were, I believe, 149 through 143. Coincidence? No. No. Like I say, Atlantic is throwing a bunch of money at whoever is in charge, and they're taking the money and they're changing the line so that Atlantic can do what he wants. It's the way it's always been. People are evil. Corporations are evil. Yeah, but I think that the coincidence is the fact that this company is working with the city. Yeah, if, if, we're to, if we're to believe the conspiracy, the conspiracy is there is some kind of cult or organization who, um, of which, um, I keep forgetting these guys' names, um, the Silver Star, George Fulton of the Silver Star Co Corporation doing all this rearranging of the city and, and work in the city. There's obviously people in high places that are involved, well, could be involved in some kind of cult. Well, I mean, that, that's I'm could be crazy. I might actually be a little bit more on Kaus's side because 
I don't see any cult activity here. I just see, I see uh, corruption, definitely corruption. Mm. People throwing money because they want a certain area and then they just make it so that the city rezones and kicks the people out and they take the buildings and they build them. Yeah, that's true. It could just be the gangsters. The Uh, fact that it's the Arcane Society may be happenstance. However, there may be... There may be some sort of gang. I, I, you guys have seen strange people around the town. We've seen Germans. We've seen limos with uh, people inside them that seem to be where they shouldn't be. And there's definitely something going on underneath everything. Yeah. And the, the thing that sticks in my mind from earlier was George Fulton, the managing director of a large corporation following Tally. Yeah. About was it just to get access to her boyfriend or was it to do with Tally? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. let, let's sleep on it and go visit. Yeah. It's all related in some way and we'll find out eventually. All right. Just go one, ahead, Jeff. Is 149th and 143rd, 150th, are they anywhere near the water? Yeah, they're by Harlem. So it's kind of near the water. Uh, Not quite, but it's near the water. What are you thinking, Tommy? Well, I'm just, I I don't. It's not near the docks, about that. It's nowhere near the docks. Docks is in the south. All right. I I was just wondering if the, 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 the city zoning is dealing with the sewers. Um, the sewers. And, and the fact that they're trying to zone, not just like, like if they if they were targeting the New York Arcane Society, they would target them. They wouldn't target an entire block in order to get a one little building. So I'm just trying to look at a bigger picture here as to if we were to look at a map of this zone that they're rezoning and they're trying to take over this and force people either out or force people to enter into some sort of um, rebuilding of some kind that's involved with the sewers of New York City. Well, maybe. Why don't we find out more about Atlantic Sea Partners? I think that's what Henry, or uh, yeah, Henry, I think that's what Henry was saying, right? Yeah, find out more about them. See if there is a relation between them and Star. Silver Star. So, plan for tomorrow is uh, Alphonse in Jersey City. Kind of make it up as we go along after that point. And possibly possibly looking into Atlantic Sea Partners. There's got to be some way of looking up information on that corporation. Yeah, um, Tommy, what's your law? Oops, sorry, what's your law again? Uh, the skill number? Yeah. 70. Okay, good. So you're proficient enough. Yeah, they'd have, you know, if it's a real company, um, which, I mean, there's no guarantee that it is. Maybe a law house just kind of like drew up a fake thing and just sent it out. Or someone just made a fake letter and sent it saying, hey, 14 grand, move. Um but if it's a real company, they're going to have records because you have to, you know, 
license a, a corporation name and all that stuff. So there's going to be records at like town, uh, city hall. Yeah. Hall of records. Yep. The thing is they made them. Um, I don't, Thomas, would we know, or would Tommy would know that offer the 14 grand? Is that a reasonable offer for their? It's over. Okay. That's $200,000. Okay. For essentially saying we're going to buy the plot of land and then bulldoze everything. That in of itself could be a problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if they're trying to do something nefarious, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if I have all the pieces yet to make a coherent thought. Well, wouldn't it make sense if you were, if you were actually some sort of a company and you're going to, let's say, knock down those buildings and put up a high rise in its place. That's what you do. Um, why would you go way over the price on purchasing? I mean, it's all money. Nobody's got endless money. So you wouldn't, wouldn't you buy it at market value and, and then, uh, well, and build or why would you spend $200,000 to, this is just my opinion, to entice the person to sell. Yeah. Except it wouldn't it entice you just to get full market value. If they go over, there's something. There's there's some there's see there's something underneath, or there's something that is, you know, in that building, that they want, and a person is going to pay whatever price it is to get, to get it right. So, yeah, but if if you buy the building, it doesn't mean you get all of the contents. People are going to move all their stuff out, so you're not getting anything by buying the building except the real estate. Yeah, but there could be something underneath the building that they need in the basement. No, I, I mean Father, like I mean like in in the ground. I think Father okay. might have a point. Um, what I also want to do tomorrow is try to do a bit of research of the property itself um, to see if there's any anything that 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 stands out. So you're yep. gonna go back to the yeah yeah. All of that would probably be in the Hall of Records. Into, um, yeah. The 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 blueprints of the the proposed sewer works. Um. You could probably get a hold of those. Um, I'd be interested to see where they run. I mean, where they actually go. Sure. And just to point out. Um, for clarification, um, George Fulton changed, uh, he renovated the sewer for Staten Island. So that's its own little borough. That's not Manhattan. Just a clarification. I don't know if, if there was confusion on that end, but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, I thought it was a city. So that's yeah. good. Staten Island and, and Manhattan are two different islands. Right. Hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else this evening, gentlemen, or shall we retire? All right. I'm going to retire. So. Let's retire. Retiring. Okay. I'm um, probably going to do a power roll, though, to a willpower. Okay. Go ahead and see give if me a willpower then. Failed by two points. Okay. 
give me a second. You're going to take sand loss, um, 1d4. But also, where are you for? There you are. Okay. There you go, Hawk. Let me know when you uh, um. Well, I was, gonna, yes. I was. I was. I, I, I'm going to call with Henry. Okay. Henry wanted to be there, so. Uh, Perhaps I just forget. Sure. I mean, role play it however you however you want. It's just a suggestion. It's just a thought. Well, Henry, let's let's call the Hurricane Society and uh, let's not waste a lot of time on that. We tell them. Yeah. We don't go over all the details of everything, but we talk mainly about the Arcane Society here, and that we're not impressed, and that. Uh, they're facing a possible eviction uh, within a week and they don't have any contingency for what to do with the artifacts that they have collected. And uh, we don't trust them with uh, any artifacts that they have. They seem to be negligent. And um, what do they want us to do or what do they want to do? It's a mixture of, uh, of a know your place kind of conversation and uh, we'll handle it. Um, they were aware of the financial burden, but they were not aware of the eviction. Okay. Um, and so they basically say, we'll handle the transport. We'll talk to whoever is in charge, probably Emma since she's administration. Um, just leave that to us do whatever you're doing whatever they have no idea what you're doing in the city so they're like right. whatever you're doing keep doing that we'll handle the transportation and kind of getting that from them all right and with that we uh we actually do retire okay um let me look at my chat just in case something's there and nothing is there so I, so I will say that you all retire and nothing happens in the evenings. All right, next morning. Um, it is about nine o'clock. We'll say you guys slept in. Um, you want to head over to Jersey City? Yes. Yeah, I'll drive. Okay. All right. All right. Um, takes about twenty-five minutes, Fowler. Drive fast. You know, people clear the uh, clear your way from the uh, off the bridge. They just they see you speeding down. And they just move out of the way. Um, so you come to a. So you come to a. Uh, a very small shop. It's cute. Um, it's got a little wood sign hanging over uh, uh, the, the glass door and you can see um, there's like a display window 
with uh, like a suit of armor, um, you know, books stacked. It's 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 cute. It's a cute little antique shop. Um, the the shop is called Forgotten Treasures. <sighs> That's too um, close in name too. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Still an antique shop. It's not it's a current place. Yeah. Um, still an antique shop. Um, all right. What do you guys do? Um, Henry? You're an antique. <laughs> yep. You'll, 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 you'll fit in with old professor. Have you been drinking this morning, Hulk? A little bit. By the way, that whole missing the third step and making the sign before you go in the door. I know. I was fucking with y'all. I know. I just went with it. Wanted to see what the rest would do. Hilarious. Just wanted to see if you'd do it. I well, welcomed well, all of it. Well, let's uh, let's proceed. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just like really tired. Okay. Um, so Henry, you proceed, open up the door, the bell rings. Um, there's a very large, portly man. Um, this is not Abner Wick. It's okay. not Abner Wick. Um, beard, rosy cheeks, bald. Um, when he sees you enter, uh, he turns and he goes, welcome, welcome, gentlemen, please come in. Um, and he kind of sets the books that he was putting up on the shelf down. Um, and he says, welcome to my shop, Forgotten Treasures. Uh, what are you gentlemen interested in? I'm just going to start browsing around a bit. I let our lead investigator take over. Well, we are are uh, friends with uh, Guy Jules. Oh, Mr. Jules, yes, uh, Low Memorial. He, he comes in here to buy texts um, very frequently. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in books, uh, I have some, I purchased some books from the old Salem Library. Mm. Um, if, you, if you'd like to come see them, they're over here on this corner shelf. Very nice, very good quality. I'm, I'm actually doing uh, like a, an actual search to see if there's anything that stands out, a, any sort of uh, antiques that might stand out. I mean, yeah. I mean, just by doing cursory glances, you don't need to make a roll. Um, there are some pretty pricey things in here, but they're, like I said, they're antiques. They're like, uh, like medieval suits of armor, candelabras, you know, there's some furniture, Victorian era. Um, nothing, you know occult or anything like that. I mean, there's some occult books, but that's just like what happens when you buy a bunch of books en masse and put them up on a shelf. Do they have any ornate boomerangs? Um, you can ask them. Well, do you have any ornate boomerangs with mystical symbols? Myst mystical symbols? We do, not, we do not have any mystical symbols on boomerangs, young men. You understand that boomerangs you know, they usually don't have anything on them. Mm. You haven't seen my boomerang. 
but we'll not go there. You have a boomerang? Let me see it. He holds out his hand. And he takes it and he just kind of looks it over in the light and he, he kind of, you know, puts down his glasses and he just, and he goes, it's very, it's very nice. And you know that just by like that tone of voice, it's, it's cheap, but you're, you're a customer. So it's nice here, take. And he hands it back to you. Uh, well, the reason why we've come today, other than my friends wanting to browse around a little bit, is uh, um, you're familiar with the Arcane Society. And, uh, and his rosy smile, it doesn't all but fade. It just becomes kind of more, a little bit more professional. Mm -hmm. and, he, and, he, and he says, yes, I, I do uh, some work with them on occasion. Dr. Thompson and I are members of the Massachusetts branch, the original oh. branch. Oh, yes. I forgot there was one up there. I don't get out of Jersey City much. I don't even go to the city very often. And my other friends, we're all, we're all part of an investigative team. Um, as part of that investigation, Mr. Mr. Jules told us about a letter that you had received and he um letter. and he kind of he kind of drops what you're you're laying down uh, he kind of picks up what you're laying down and he and he when he when he understands that um he kind of shakes and says this no letter and he and his his rosiness is his happiness he, the professionalism it's gone and he just shakes and says this no letter you don't have any reason to be afraid. No, uh, no, no one sent uh, a letter. If I, if I uh, understand why you're here, very dangerous. I understand. Um, it's a very nice shop you have. Is there any place where we could discuss? Uh, um, terms for purchasing some of these uh, items, and I, I give him a sort of a wink. <laughs> and he he nods, um, and he kind of not rushes, but he kind of moves over towards the door, and he flips the close sign, and he, and he locks it, and he he points to the back room, and he says, "Back here, my office." Right. Um, in his very small, cramped. Um, kind of messy office. It's just a single bulb. It's very dim and very faded. Um, he, he, he brings you inside um, and, he, and he turns the light on and he says, uh, a man came in. I had seen him before. He comes in not often, but he comes in. Uh, he uh, he says that uh, he has uh, supplies, things to trade. Uh, he comes in with uh, cards and says that his uh, his boss has things. If I'm interested, he only comes in and he gives me five cards every time he comes in. 
five. Only five. He says, if anyone is interested, I should pass along. But no one, no one's been interested in a very long time until just recently. First, you've come in asking about him. But very dangerous, very dangerous man. I know little about the boss. I see. Might I see one of the cards? And uh, he moves over and he opens the, uh, the drawers to his desk and he says, uh, the man, he only sells uh, the strangest, rarest items, uh-huh. books, biological things. And he, he begins, he, he, what he holds in his hand is, it's a card. It's all black. Uh, he says uh, he pays uh, bounty hunters, grave robbers. Once, a few years ago, I, I heard talk that uh, a man was hired to bring back relics from Bird's Head, New Guinea, uh, stealing them. From the Miskatonic team he was accompanying. None of them came back. And he holds out the card and he says, this man deals in death sorrow. I refuse to give innocence his information, but it seems like you need it more than I. So I look at the card. What do I see? Um, you don't see anything. It's a pitch black card. I uh, I hold it up to the light. Um, pitch black. There's nothing on it. I say to him. And he shrugs and says, "This is what he gives." Hmm. Yeah, I keep this. Then he nods and, and holds up his hand and says, you can take all for all I care. You can see that he's genuinely unnerved. And over time, he's been given numerous cards by this gang. Every time a man comes in, same man, uh, hands me cards, says, if anyone's interested or if I'm interested, and they're always just black like this? Always black. After two weeks, I throw out. William takes one as well. He's intrigued. Could I possibly have a look at one of those, please? He, he literally he handed the five that was given. He says, take them all. I'd, I'd like to um, just run my finger, my index finger, over the surface of the the card on both sides. Can I can I feel anything on it? I don't know if there would be a roll. Uh, so I'm not going to say there is because there's not a feel roll. Feel hidden. Yeah, I've feel hidden. Yeah, I've got feel hidden written down here. Yeah, it's definitely on my investigator skills. What about sleight of hand? That's 
very much that kind of thing, isn't it? The, um, we'll say sleight of hand. Delicate we'll, manipulation of cards is, sure. is what I do. Sure, we'll say sleight of hand. It's such an exact like, thing that, yeah, give me a sleight of hand. I have got a 59 out of 17. It's almost completely uh, imperceptible when you run your finger over. But there are indentations. It, there's, the indentations are clearly so small that if you were to raise it up and try and reflect, you couldn't see them because they're just ever so slightly raised, like a stamp. I take the card in my hand and I go, I'm <sighs> the card. Do I yeah. see anything? I don't know if uh, if breath shows up on a. On well, I'm thinking if some of it is partly reflective and some of it is not, it might show the difference between the two. Okay. I'm going to take a cigarette paper okay. from my pocket and I'm going to place the cigarette paper over the indentations on the card and then I'm going to get my pencil out and I'm going to use just not the point but the edge of the point and just rub that gently over the indentations um, well over over the um, cigarette paper that's on the card very faintly um. It's clear that this is meant to be something like a stamp. You ink it, you run ink over it, and then press, and it appears. Um, so, um, so in doing what you're doing, it's it's very faint, but you can make it out um, in the on the what's clearly the front um, are uh, words. No symbols, no nothing. It's just words. Uh, a paragraph that says here is where I stand when the bells toll 11 tonight I shall walk on the east side of the east I shall stop to tip my hat to General McKellen like I did there on May 5th 1862 I'll wait for you my three little goats there On the east side of the East River. Near the statue of General... Is there a statue of General McCallum there? Or? Probably. Um, or some historical uh, landmark connected with General McCallum? At 11 p.m.? And he calls calls whoever's reading it three little goats. That sounds kind of bad. Is that perhaps um, is is that perhaps a subtle way of telling only three people to go? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what we're hoping to find out this. I was. I thought that I was under the impression that we had something from this uh, unseen cult, and 
I don't want to meet the unseen cult in the middle of the night. And just just to clarify, did you say General McCallan or General McClellan? McClellan. McClellan. Yeah, sorry, miss misspeak. George, George B. That one. Um, let's find out because I did not write that down. I want to specify my 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 knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, is. There's 15 different statues of the different McClellans, and uh, you want to find the to George B. Yeah, there, it, it is George B. McClellan, the the Civil War general. Yeah. His friends call him GB. I, I used I used to do um, uh, Civil War tabletop war games. <laughs> That's how I know that. So, um, so uh, at this point, Alphonse he raises his hands up and says, uh, "No more, please." Sorry. He's unnerved. He doesn't want to be talking about this. He's a he's a shop owner. Like he just. He does. He does a little bit of occult stuff, but not too much. So he's just like, no, 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 no. Please, no. We were not here. And he nods and goes, "Yes, please." And let's leave. And he he walks you out and says, "Is there anything else I can do for you, gentlemen?" When does this man usually come into the shop? He shrugs and says. Two months, four months, six months, just him. But during the day he comes in? During near closing, he comes in, five cards. Says the same thing, please. What does he look like again? Um, He's a a shorter man, um, blonde hair, uh, greenish eyes. Uh, He usually wears... uh, a black jacket and some kind of suit. The chairman? No. No. And he says in Polish, he says something in Polish, but it's basically not German. Okay. Scarf? Big scarf? Uh, suit. Suit and jacket. Well, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's leave Mr. Uh, Mr. Weersbach. Weersbach. Uh, and uh, what should we do next? Check up on this Atlantic Sea Partners? Yeah, I think so. We could see if they've got any connection to Silver Star as well or what connections they do have. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was reading that um, newspaper article that we found about Silver Star. Uh, again, it might be nothing, but we were talking, or I think, uh, Hawk, you were talking about the price. Why would anybody offer so much money? Right. Um, in that newspaper article, it was saying that, um, what's his name, George Fulton? Uh, he, he, like, rebuilt all those sewers for nothing. So it could just be that, that this company has just got just rolling in money and money means nothing they just want what they want and they want it now maybe you're right yeah it might be that i just think that it's odd that a company walks and basically says i'll give you a billion zillion dollars for that without actually finding out what the place is worth but 
might be right. It might just be that they're desperate for the building. Yeah, like I said, they're desperate. They're desperate, like, to want it, right? So if the person really wants it, they're going to pay whatever it is, you know, for, for that thing, right? So. Okay, so you guys are going to go to the, uh, the Hollow of Records? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, you guys didn't go to the Hall of Records in the last scenario. So this will be fun. Um, so on uh, 31st Chamber Street uh, in Manhattan, which takes you another about 40 minutes to get to from Jersey City, um, is the surrogate's courthouse, um, which is where the Hall of Records are stored. Um, there are protests here about every day. Um, mainly from um, the black population, the African-American population, uh, protesting the courthouse for justice for the people that were hung in the streets by the police. So very violent outside. Um, getting inside the, the main part of the courthouse is not a problem, though. Um, Police are just kind of standing there, you know, arms crossed. They'll let you in. You're not protesters. You're not an atheist walking out. Um, when you enter inside uh, and you go down the halls to find the Hall of Records, you can see as you're passing by um, one of the, uh, the boards that have, like, the listings, um, the Hall of Records inexplicably says closed. It's like, oh, you know, judge whatever is in 5B, Office 5B, bottom hall of records, closed. Big white letter text, which is odd because the hall of records is a public book. Yeah. It's probably just like that other building we were in where they're, they're trying to just keep out all the reporters and general public. Maybe. Yeah, let's find out. Okay. Um, so the Hall of Records is its own kind of wing. So you have to like open a door and go into like a, an office, like a waiting area. Um, and in this waiting area, you see that there is a, a rather large-ish old woman who is sitting behind um, she, like, like one of those little, uh, I'm tired. So one of the, uh, the queue windows. So there's a door that leads into the actual Hall of Records, and then there's this queue window with a sign-in sheet. And as soon as you come in, she says, like, in the most apathetic voice possible, Hall of Records are closed. Do you know when they're going to be open again? Ain't got a clue. Um, William Nudges Tommy and says... Go and try your charm on, you know, chatter up. Yeah, Tommy, give me a spot. Actually, everyone give me a spot hidden. Why not? Everyone give me a spot hidden. Oh, yeah. I, I don't see anything. No, 40 out of 45. Out of 68. 40 out of 45. To everyone that passed, you see that this woman who's... um. The name, the name little, uh, the marker, uh, it says Ruth Gardner. Um, she is looking 
um, at Tommy, William, and who's the other young one? I'll say Felix. Yeah. <laughs> you three. She's looking at you three, and she's like, she's looking you up and down. I look, I look good for my years. You know, I've, I've looked after myself. How, how old are you, Felix? Because that's 37. That's not that bad. She's like 60. I, I, I mean, I, I think 37 is quite young. I, I'm 39. I, rem I remember 37. That was a long time. How about, how about this? We'll determine it like this. Who has the highest uh, appearance? 60. 60. 45. So not William and not Tommy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just quickly finding. No, nothing? Nothing not from Henry? Enough. <laughs> he's, he's zero. No, I'm only at 50. Very average. Okay. And Fowler? I'm just quickly grabbing it. Uh, my appearance is 50. So it's a, it's a straight up tie between Clifton and Felix. She is eyeing you two. She's looking you up and down. Thank goodness, Tommy. We get saved there. You almost threw me under the bus there. Uh, I would have taken one for the team, though, just so you know. Uh, well, what do I have as far as... I don't have much charm. Um, the great Bamboni could produce a flower. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, I, can, I can entirely do that. I've, I've got, um, I have actually got, um, I have actually got on my, uh, on my gear and possessions list an expanding bunch of flowers. Well, I hope that you guys are, are okay for the next seven minutes flirting with me and trying to convince me to do stuff for you. So let's see how that goes. Um... <clears throat> You, you have lovely eyes. <laughs> uh, okay. You're, you're, you're the cream in my coffee. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're the salt in my stew. She goes, you know, Monty Python. Now that's a good idea for a show. <laughs> she writes it down on a piece of paper. Um, I'm trying to seem confident. All right. So, what do you guys do? You're not getting in. Um, I'll just say it to her. I'll say, uh, uh, "Listen, we've just got a really small thing to look up about a, a company uh, that's uh, that's trying to purchase a building that that we're interested in. We just need a little bit of information." Uh, couldn't you help us out? She kind of looks you up and down, Hawk. I don't even need to have your role for that. She kind of looks you up and charm. down, Hawk. I'll give you a charm. I don't have much in charm. I got 35, and my charm is 35. All right. Um, she kind of looks at you. I give uh, her the Hawkeye. <laughs> 
and she says, and she leans forward and says, I may be willing to let you uh, and your friends in, but you know, a lot of this isn't uh, open to the public. I may, and she kind of leans forward and puts her hands on her face. I may lose my uh, my job helping you out here. Well, we wouldn't want that to happen. No, we wouldn't. And she gives you a smile. What could I do to make it worth your while? And I'm... she... Uh, and she smiles and uh, she looks at the group and says, maybe you're maybe chatting me up a little bit and the door's unlocked and your friend just got in on accident. But you're here. Well, I could, and I sit down on the chair and I like, I like that. Well, let's, let's chat a bit. Let me do uh let me do some work here for just a moment. And she walks over to the door, opens it, and she and then and she kind of pushes it open and then walks back to the window and leans forward and says, "And uh, I may need you to do uh, need you to, you to sign in." Sure. So I sign in. And she's just smiling at you, but the door is now open. She is consciously letting you inside. All right. Well, I'll, while Hawk is doing his thing, I'll, I'll head on inside. All right. So, love, how many grandchildren do you have? 60, not 80. <laughs> One. And your husband? And she leans forward and says, not here. Ah. All right, so people who are inside. <laughs> um, everyone give me, well, let's, let's, let's do a group. Group roll. Someone's going to roll for the entire group. Who is it going to be? Well, I'm out flirting with the old broad. Well, what, are, what, what type of role is it going to be? Or are you keeping that to yourself? Uh, library roll. I have a 70 in library. Okay. Henry, go for it. Yeah, Henry. We we will assist Henry and his um, role. Let me let me push this roll. Okay. I'm willing to give you. Uh, well, well, we'll call it a bonus dice since everyone's helping you. Okay, I got a 47 out of uh, 70. All right. It takes you a little while, but um, you find where in this huge sea of paperwork where the business um, licenses would be. And uh, and the formation papers and everything like that, and you find the Atlantic Sea Partners. So, the business was formed and filed on March 26th by Baxter Law, specifically Lucas Baxter, head of the firm. The business was also created, so it was, this paper was filed by Baxter Law, but the business was created by Maxwell Tyler, John Fairbanks, Robert Reiser, Lucas Baxter, Morris Tremaine, and George Fulton. The business, the business listed in the forms is shipping, uh, with the business address not even being listed in New York City. 
Um, there's two addresses, um, a main and a secondary. Um, the secondary, well, actually, um, one is listed in New York. Um, the secondary is listed in the city. Um, it seems to be an office. The main address, however, is an address in Lake Wench, which is outside of New York City, about oh. two hours north. Okay. Lake, what was that, Thomas? Lake Wench. Okay. Actually, I don't know if it'd be two hours, uh, maybe about an hour. With, with your guys' car, probably an hour and a half. Okay. Two hours sounds, sounds about right with traffic. Yeah. Um, I'm jotting all this stuff down. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, this is when um, in uh, up front, Ruth kind of looks at the clock and says, I think it's about time that we bring your friends back out. Well, I mean, once we gather the information, um, I'm, I'm heading back out anyway. So. Sure. So as soon as she says that, you guys are basically coming through the rows and she says, right on time. And as soon as you guys exit, she closes the door. As says, well, it's been a nice talking with you. I give her a little peck on the cheek. Um, just to clarify, did you take the files or did you just jot everything down and put the file back? One is I jotted everything down, um, and, and you know, since we, we spent some time back there anyway, um, I sure. jotted things down. I didn't take anything from uh, public records. Sure. All right, so you have all that. Oh, George Fulton's up to his tricks, obviously. Um, and just for the record, um, you guys would have known would have known these these other names. Um, Maxwell Tyler is the owner of Tyler Garment Factories. It's huge. John Fairbanks is a member of the Philip Mor is a member of the board with Philip Morris International, the tobacco giant behind a Marlboro. I can't see it. It's it, my tongue's too big. I can't roll it off. Um, Robert Reiser is a CEO of a huge real estate company, um, and Morris Tremaine is the comptroller for the city of New York City. Hmm. Well, gentlemen, we have a lot to discuss. And a lot of leads to follow, finally. All right. Shall we call it there? We'll call it there. Our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Heistead, Ken Trench, Wayne Worthy, and myself with Thomas McKeon as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.